Hi, I'm Ryan Becker, and you're listening to the Rock Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church Official Sermon Archive. You can find more information about our church at www.rockhillsdachurch.org. We hope by listening to this message that you are encouraged and challenged in your walk with Christ. So unity. How many of you noticed that our mission statement is now on the marquee out front? Did you notice that along with, along with the uh, meeting times, worship times? and an invitation, come worship with us. Now, that's a step in the right direction because we, as a congregation, came together. And that's a good thing. The statement is how pleasant, how wonderful and beautiful it is when we're all getting along with each other and walking the same way. Does that mean we all have to walk identically? I'm a school teacher. Pat is in the grocery store industry and has an insanely complicated job that carries him all over eastern United States. You're in healthcare. Blanche works for the Target company. Roger does something so obscure and ethereal that none of us can truly understand. It may be Clayton back there with computers. I love them when they work. I hate them when they don't. Roger understands them. That's all I got to say about that. So we're all different. But we are unified by what? By Jesus Christ. We are children. We are part of a family. So everything I'm going to say today is couched around this wonderful statement of David who said, It's a really good thing when people get along with each other. And he was talking about in every aspect of his interactions. He was a king. So he's talking about politically. He doesn't need somebody coming up trying to stab him in those days, stab him in the back or run him through with a spear in order to be king. So he's talking about not only in our faith, but also in in our daily life, how wonderful it is when we have peace with each other. And we're not fighting, we're not harping, and we're not picking at each other. So how do we do that? We know it's a good thing. We love peace. We love quiet. We love getting along. How do we do that? Well, there's a model for us recorded in Scripture. The early church. So while everything is under this big umbrella of the benefits of getting along with each other, which comes from the Old Testament, If you would, please, take your swords and open them to the book of Acts. We're going to flip to a couple of different things in the book of Acts. One of my favorite Christian singing groups is a group called the Second Chapter of Acts. And they testify that they model, they try to model their lives after what they find written about the early Christians in the Second Chapter of Acts. What is unity? Starting in chapter 1, back on verse 14, and I delayed in opening mine, so there's, let, me get with, let me get with you. Chapter 14. After the Lord had gone back up and ascended back into heaven, what were his people doing, his followers, what were they doing? Chapter 1, verse 14. They all continued, these all, and they're talking about the disciples, These all continued with one accord, and that doesn't mean a Honda. 
in prayer, they're praying. They're talking to God. And supplication. What's a supplication? Vocabulary check. What's supplication mean? Asking for something. Okay? We're supposed to ask. He says whatsoever you ask, you get. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Okay? So they're continuing in one accord, with one heart, with one purpose, in both praying, which is praise, and supplication, which is asking. Just those 12, right? Just those 12, that's it. No. Oh, what does yours say? With the women? Who were the women? Well, most of these fishermen and men that he had gathered around him had families. They had families, jobs to do, children. We know Peter had a mother-in-law. God bless him. So there were women there. It wasn't just these 12. There were women there. Now, first of all, men and women are, are, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We don't always look at things the same way, right? Is there a possibility for division or disunity between men and women? Well, duh. Right? But it says they're in one accord. They're, they're, They're on the same track with each other. And with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So there's a bunch of people there. Are those people different from each other? Yes, they are. What are they united with? They're praying together for peace, for knowledge, for understanding. God, give us, give us the plan. Give us, you promised us a gift. You said you were going to give us something. And so can we have it? <laughs> What's the worst thing a parent can do for a child? I'll get you that if. You ever said that just to get them to shut up? (laughs) I'll get you that if you go on to bed now. So then the next morning, when do I get my super thing? Look at the next verse. Because it's even more than we thought. It's not just the disciples and their families. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Who were they? Bartholomew, Nathaniel, we know those. Altogether, the number of names was about 12. Does yours say something different? What's it say? 120? Oh, boy. Is there a chance for division and disunity in 120 people? Yeah. Wow. Take a look around. I don't see 120. That's not a criticism. I'm just saying. We don't have to deal with 120. Our church is much more nuclear, much more family-sized. Have we ever had an experience with disunity? Have we ever picked about something? I think, yeah. It happens. So what happens with this 120 people? Flip over to, if if you have to turn a page in your Bible, to chapter 2. Verses 1 through 8. I'm going to go very quickly. 
This is the birth of the church. In context, they have been together, praying together with one accord. They have been supplicating God. They've been asking, you promised that you were going to send us a gift, something that's going to make us feel better, something that's, that's going to make us more powerful. Where is it, God? Please, we're, we're here, we're waiting, we're on our knees. Where is it? When the day of Pentecost, which is one of the biggest feasts of the year, had come, they were all picking at each other about clothing. No, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and it peered unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. You know the story. I'm not going to go much further with that. You know the story. Okay, what had to happen for that to happen? What had to happen in order for that gift to come? They had to be obedient and do what he told them to do. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for me. Be patient. I'm going to send you something. I'm going to send you a gift. If they had not stayed together in Jerusalem, praying and supporting each other, would the Holy Spirit have done what it did? Because they were being disobedient if they had not done what he said. So the first requirement for unity I want to put out there. I'm going to throw it out. It might be wrong. This is the way I read it. The first requirement for unity is that we are obedient to what God has told us to do. That's the first requirement. If we're going to be disobedient, and it's very interesting because the Sabbath school lesson this morning was on compassion and how do we show the love and how do we, and that means for each other as well as for, for those who are not believers. If we are not compassionate, each one of us to, to the other and, and tolerant and bear with each other, how on earth are we going to reach people who don't know what we're talking about? So the first requirement is obedience. To get the gift, the Father has promised that they had to be together. He said, it's coming, but you have to be together to get it. United we stand, divided we fall. You can't serve two masters. Any of this sound familiar? Can you see that this togetherness, this bond of unity and love is, is what our promise is? We can still have this today, this bond, this oneness of spirit. And what does it say? It's, I'm, I'm just not sure about your translation. Mine said in verse 3, And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and the leaders got tongues of fire. Each one, everybody who was there. Men, that included the women. Women, that included the men. It included the fishermen. It included the tax collector. It included the servant girl that was there. It included all of them. And they were some halfway filled with the Holy Spirit. 
they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a unity. God doesn't play favorites. I'm sorry, God does not play favorites. Wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Going down to verse 42 in that same chapter. Flip down just a little bit further. They continued steadfastly. This is a word we don't use much anymore. What does it mean to be steadfast? Stay the course. Don't, don't waver. Don't turn back. Don't, don't just stop and say, oh, I'm so... One of my favorite hymns, you won't find it in a, in, a, in a lot of hymnals, but I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody said it was going to be easy. He's, I don't believe he's brought me this far. So my sister there knows this hymn, don't you? That's being steadfast. I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear, and this is not the scaredy cat fear, this is the awesome fear of God, because he's, they're seeing him move in ways they can't understand. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Does that mean they were all living in the same house? Now, this is a really tricky, 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 tricky bit of, of Scripture here. They had all things in common. They were together. All who believed were together and they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That does not mean that they gave up everything they had and all moved into one big old commune together. It means that with the unity of purpose and the unity of spirit, if you need something and I've got it, I'm going to share it with you. If you need a place to stay and I've got an extra room, I'll share it with you. It doesn't mean that they all moved into a big commune and walked around picking fuzz out of their navels. Back to the 60s. Sorry, that was just a little flashback to the 60s for me. What were their lives like? Did they still have to work for a living? Yeah, they still had to go to work. Did they all have the same job? No, they were different. Were they young? Some. Were they old? Some. Were they all from Jerusalem? No. Because of the day of Pentecost, what happened? Thousands from all over the world, from all over the known world, were in Jerusalem. And they continued to be part of this, this group. They broke bread from house to house. That's verse 46. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple, they went out and witnessed the temple was like the social center of town. It was the country club. Not just on the Sabbath, but every day, the temple was the center of the culture. Breaking bread from house to house. Anybody got a, anybody got a bigger house than me in here? Mm-hmm. 
I know you do. Anybody got a newer house than me? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he got one in a better section of town? Mm-hmm. But they went where? From house to house. It didn't matter. Of They had, they, as I said, the temple and Jerusalem was set up. It's not like cities that we have today. They would go and meet. The temple was not just a building like this. The temple was a huge complex. There were, air, there were living quarters. There were manufacturing quarters for, for maintenance quarters. There was, there was all over the place. And they would go and they would witness to the people in the temple complex. It wasn't just like what we have today. If you, if you ever get a chance to Google like the Temple of Solomon or the Temple of Herod, uh, it, the Temple of Herod covered a whole mountaintop. It, it was huge. It was like a little city unto itself. But at one table, that doesn't mean 120 or 2,000 sat down at one table. It meant that the believers would gather together here in this house and here in this house and here in this house. Small groups, oh, that's what we call them today. And they would fellowship with one another, and they would share with one another. And they would say, you know, so-and-so's sick, well, let's go see what we can do. Or so-and-so, uh, so-and-so's uh, wife fell and got cut, and she, the, she's got an infection, well, let's go see, you know. That's the, the having, it's the unity. That's the having all things in common. That their intent for each other was, that, was to be, benefit everybody and to be in common. It doesn't mean that they all got under one roof at the same time. That's what I'm saying. You really have to look into the history of the early church and do more readings about the early church. There's a lot of, you and I can talk about that sometime if you want to. Maybe we'll do a Bible study on the temple and early Jerusalem. But they didn't sit around waiting for another Pentecost. Isn't that interesting? Because I would have wanted to have Pentecost all over again. Because that must have been, wow, tongues of fire on me and I'm, you know, and I'm, we're going out, we're preaching the gospel did they sit around and wait for another Pentecost? No. They went ahead and lived their lives. What was added to their lives? Can I tell you about Jesus? You remember Jesus, the guy they killed, you know, about six months ago? Guess what? And they went out and they told the story. And there's a group of us. You want to come and have lunch with us? Want to come and have lunch? We'll tell you a little bit about He was. Let me tell you about some of the miracles he did. And they would get together and tell stories about Jesus and how he fulfilled the prophecies in the Old Testament. Because remember, that's what, that was what he did. He taught from the Old Testament, the Torah. He taught from the Torah, the, 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 the books of Moses. He taught from the scriptures that they had as to how he is the fulfillment of that. And because they were unified, God began to do more miracles than they ever thought possible. Pat, you asked this morning in Sabbath school, why do you think we don't, do, we don't see miracles anymore? Maybe because we don't have this heart and this mindset about being unified together. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm just saying, how many different denominate, Christian denominations are there? Can you count them? And within each one of those, how many different flavors and within each one of those different flavors, how many different congregations? 
And within each one of those congregations, how many right-siders and left-siders? How many pants-wearers and skirt-wearers for the women? You got me? That didn't exist here for these people. They were together in, in one accord with, with everything except who they were. But their intent and their mission was unified. And they expressed it in the way that was unique to them. Just as God will give you the power to express his love and his message in a way that is unique to you. My way is different from Candy's way, which is different from Pat's way, which is different from Ruth's way, which is different from Ed's way, which is different from Gordon's. I like Gordon's way, by the way, a lot. You know what, I, every time I hear Gordon, almost every conversation I ever hear Gordon have, they're preaching the word of God. They're talking about Jesus. I hear him all the time say that. And my heart just goes, woo, and gets about three sizes bigger. Satan wants us to squabble and take sides about things. Now, I have been a church person officially sitting at the front playing a musical instrument or doing something ever since I was 12 years old. My first official position as a church musician came when I was 12 years old. So I've been in the mix and in the pool a long time. My skin's awfully wrinkled because I've been in that chlorinated pool way too long. And let me tell you some of the fights that I remember. Because I've been at more potlucks, family feedings, I've been than any of you ever could think about going to. I had a church, I, I worked at a church one time that broke up because there were two ladies who said glass pie plates were better than metal pie plates. And there was a metal pie plate contingent, and there was a glass pie plate contingent, and the church split. Over a cooking utensil. And I wept. And I wept. And both of the new church plants wanted me to come and be their organist. And do you know what God told me to do? He said, don't go to either one of them. Until they get their stuff together, you don't need to be there, Rebecca. You're still, you're still young. You're still learning how my body works. Because we are his body. He said, and, and I didn't understand it in these terms. I understand it in these terms now. At that time, I just knew I wasn't supposed to, to go to either church. I, I knew that. I knew that that's not where God wanted me. But I was learning how the body of Christ was working. And he was showing me, when I was still young, some of the warts and some of the scars that we can inflict on each other over something as trivial as how the pie crust is in a metal plate or a glass plate. Satan wants us to act like that. He doesn't want unity. In homes, husbands will refuse to love their wives because of one thing they did 30 years ago that they didn't like. And they have held that grudge and they refuse to love their wives because of something Maybe it was he wanted 
a clean shirt and it was still in the hamper. I don't know. But, but husbands will refuse to love their wives over something. Children will give up on their parents because they don't get the right toy for Christmas. And yet they think they're, they're following the Lord and they're asking for the Lord to bless their families. And they wonder why there's dissension in their home. Why isn't the Lord blessing my family? There's power in unity, and that's what brings the power of God into us, is the unity of spirit. I'm, I'm sorry, my papers are out of order, and I'm just about done. Jeremiah, verse, chapter 31, verse 1. says this I like going to Jeremiah whenever I'm not sure of what to say I like going to Jeremiah when God finally brings it to, to fruition when all is said and done and the book has finally the period has been put on the last page at that time declares the Lord I will be the God of who all the families of Israel. And they shall be my person. What? You mean even the ones I don't like? Even the ones I think are wrong? Well, I don't want to go to heaven. Might be somebody there I don't like. Because you know that vegetable soup should never be made with carrots. Because I'm allergic to carrots and I don't like them, so it should never be in vegetable soup. So I don't want to go if there's going to be vegetable soup with carrots. Don't get me wrong. God does not need us to fulfill his will. I said this morning in Sabbath school, sometimes we fall into the trap of trying to defend God. God's bigger than you are. He don't need you to defend him. You don't, have to, you don't have to make God make sense to people. You just tell him what he's done for you. He doesn't need you to hold him up. My God's bigger than that. I need him to hold me up. He wants us to fulfill his will. He's going to give us all the tools that we need. He's already promised that. He's never gone back on a promise. He's never. You can't find anywhere where God has gone back on a promise. God, when he gives blessings, it's not a sign that you deserve it. It's a sign that he loves you in spite of yourself. He wants us to do right. He wants us to follow his will. But he is a loving, compassionate, forgiving, merciful God that will always say, come on, come on, my child, come on. I'll help you get it right if you'll let me help you get it right. So my challenge for this week, you know, I always leave you with a challenge. And somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I don't want to mention who it was, but they said to me, 
you know, you give these challenges, Rebecca. What do you do with them? I said, I do, them, I do my challenge every day. That's, this is one of the ways I've learned to grow as a Christian, that I do, the cha- I do my own challenge. So this is what I'm challenging myself with for the week. I'm going to ask the blood of Jesus to wash away everything in my heart that doesn't belong there. I'm going to ask that this unity in my life come out in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask for the love of God to live in my heart in the name of Jesus. When I come up with thoughts that I know are not beneficial to me, if I'm getting upset with a person or whatever, I'm going to ask in the name of Jesus to let those thoughts die unspoken or unacted upon. And I'm going to pray for this church that we become united in his spirit, in his way. Does that mean we're always going to agree with some, everything that everybody else says? No. The disciples who spent three years, day and night with God, fought among themselves like two-year-olds. I want to sit on your right side. I want to sit on your left side. And they sent their mommy in there to fight their battle for them. And Peter, the last conversation he had with Christ. Well, what about James and John? What's going to happen to them? And Jesus, I I like to think he took him by the shoulders and looked him square in the eyes. He said, Peter, it doesn't matter what happens to James or John. You just follow me. I'll take care of them, and I'll take care of you. Let it go. Don't worry about them. Trust if your feet are in the right place, you and I are okay. You make sure your feet are in the right place. You make sure your heart's in the right place, Peter. Don't worry about that. None of your beeswax. What happens to them? God doesn't talk like that, but meaning is the same. Are you right in your unification with him? Because if you're right that way, it's going to be right this way. 